Welcome friends to the Someone Gets Me podcast. I am your host, Diane Allen, and I am so delighted that you're here. This podcast was created because I believe there is a visionary leader inside each one of us who is waiting to be seen. In each episode of Someone Gets Me, you will hear useful tips from successful visionaries who will share their stories about how being seen has allowed them to take their vision out into the world with action. How to create your own lane with Kelsey Nicole Nelson. Hi friends, it's Diane here and we have a great show for you today. I have an amazing, talented woman that is a multi-potentialite and quite gifted. And you'll learn about her story and how actually to create your own lane because in fact, Kelsey has been doing it all along and I don't think she's gonna stop anytime soon. So I think it's gonna be really exciting. So get your favorite beverage, make sure you have a pen or something to take notes with us. And we are gonna talk to Kelsey about creating our own lane. So Kelsey, welcome so much to the show. Thank you so much for having me. An honor, delight, and privilege to be here. Excited to speak with your listening audience. And thanks so much for that great introduction. I'm already ready to get into it. Tell us a little bit, like when I was reading your bio and learning about yeah. you, and I already knew about you before anyway, or at least what I thought I knew, you know? Yeah. And, and I loved that, like in high school, that you were interested in academics and athletics. Yeah. That, that's not the most common, com- you know, combination, <laughs> as we all know. So tell us a little bit about that. And then how things kind of got started, because you were young when it got started. And, and yeah. there's a lot of young people that listen to the show. And so I want them to see that you can start your creating your own lane young. Yeah. Well, first off, thank you for making me still feel young, Diane. You know, some of the kids now they're like, oh my gosh, you could be my mom. And I'm like, no, don't say that. All right. (laughs) Even though I probably could. Um, But no, it's an honor and a privilege, obviously, to just be able to share my story. I'm always hoping that it resonates with somebody else out there because so many people inspired me. But as you said, yeah, in high school, I've always been this person. So my parents, just a little bit of my background, I grew up in the DMV area, but I used to spend my summers in Jackson, Mississippi. And so my parents would send me down there because childcare in DC area was just too expensive. So they sent me down to Jackson to go live with my grandmother. But of course, having that kind of East Coast living and then deep Southern living, I felt like I kind of grew up in these two different worlds, but it really helped to shape me and who I am. And so my parents, you know, always said, you know, you have to do good in school. Education was the first thing, like there's no excuse for not getting good grades. But also I grew up in the sports family, this football family. My dad went to Grayland State University. And so football was like one of my earliest memories in life. Like I grew up, you know, with football posters in my room all over and basketball. And that's what I ended up loving. And, you know, my parents had always told me though, you know, you do good in school, you're going to be all right. And also I had no nonsense type of parents, Diane. So I wasn't going to be able to do anything if those grades weren't looking right. And I'm thankful for that, you know, and that's part of the reason actually why my parents moved from Mississippi to Montgomery County, Maryland, because they didn't feel like they knew they wanted to have kids but they knew that the school system down there just wasn't the best one. And they wanted to make sure that their children had more access to opportunities that they didn't have. And that's really important because, you know, like my lineage, you know, I come from my great grandparents were sharecroppers, you know, my grandmother um, and grandfather only went up to the eighth grade. And my mom, you know, she went to um, two-year college, Heinz Junior Community College, but my dad got his bachelor's degree. And so for me, you know, they always just wanted me to do more, be more, and honestly, just give me honestly that American dream. And so in high school, you know, I actually loved like academics. Like I love classes. I did. I love learning about new things. I was always that person raising my hands, you know, asking questions. And, you know, my parents, you know, they helped me as much as they could. But, you know, a lot of times with homework, 
I went to a bunch of daycares growing up and after school programs. I'm a boys and girls club kid, you know, and I was getting help there and stuff. Right. But I always, I was always that kid, you know, like for the short essays, I'm like 500 words. Like, what do you mean? Like, I want the long essays. I always had a lot on my mind and a lot to say. And I was just like one of those people I'd say was like naturally gifted writing. Like I feel like I always was a strong writer because I used to read so many books. Like I remember in elementary school, they used to have a contest where whoever reads the most books, you know, they give us these free Pizza Hut coupons. So still to this day, Pizza Hut uh, pan pizzas are like still one of my favorites because I remember getting those for free when I was a kid with my free book coupon, you know, because I would win all the the literary contests. Um, It was so much fun. But I think that's like where my inspiration came from. Like I always just wanted to do and be more. I would run into like watch the news with my parents at night, seeing these people on TV. And I was like, like, mom and dad, how many people are they talking to? They're like thousands and millions of people. I'm like, like that person is talking to all these different people. And, you know, I'm growing up in this suburban town. Like I want to be able to storytell and reach that many people. And so for me, I need to get there, especially since I didn't have like any connects in the journalism world. I was going to have to get it done writing, but also since I love sports and I was always competitive person, I thought it was meshing the two. So I always believed in being a student athlete. And that's exactly what I was. And there's always a student part before athlete. Sometimes people forget that. And unfortunately in sports, and I was somebody that got injured a lot as a kid, as much as we think we can play and do stuff all of our lives, your body will tell you differently. But the great thing about the mind is that it keeps going on and on and on. And something I picked up early on, my favorite quote from one of my idols, Oprah Winfrey, is education is the key to unlocking the world, a passport to freedom. Um, and I love that quote just because with like education, I saw that you could be anything. You know, you meet doctors and lawyers and what do they all have in common? Just those advanced degrees. They studied hard. They worked hard. And so that was my journey. Lots of hard work, Diane. Right. Lots of extra classes and school staying after volunteering for clubs. I was editor-in-chief of our high school yearbook for two years. I was news managing editor for a high school newspaper, The Howl, uh, for the Clarksburg Coyote. I was going to look for stories. I was going out to do interviews. I was kind of always going above and beyond. I think that's kind of the theme of what I was always doing for school. It wasn't just enough to be average. I wanted to be more. And I think that's kind of how I got like my niche and grit to see what it would take in the industry early on in school, just knowing that you know, it's really good opportunities. You had to stand out and people had to see your passion for things. And that's kind of what I've always been able to do. So that's kind of how I started. And then of course, it went from high school journalism to going on to University of Maryland, um, becoming a journalism major, even though I started psychology because I listened to other people and they told me journalists don't make money. So I was super scared to go into a field where I like wasn't going to make money. And then I got to Maryland I was sitting in my psychology classes, Diane, and I just, nothing was resonating. I didn't have that burst of energy. Like there was just that spark was gone. So I could do the work, but the passion was gone. And it's, if you can't tell by now, I'm a very passionate person about what I do. (laughs) You guys couldn't tell that. And so I switched to the journalism major, you know, the rest Mm -hmm. was history. Like it just felt like home. And then of course I went to grad school after because six months after graduating undergrad, I realized unless I wanted to work in a really small market, <laughs> I wasn't going to go anywhere. So again, have to make myself stand out, have to do more. And so that's when I decided to go to grad school and get my graduate degree in sports industry management. So I had the both of both worlds, degree in sports, a degree in journalism. And then I had a chance to combine the two. And obviously that's how I got my early starts in the sports journalism world. And so that. And that's how you created your own lane too. Like I'm listening to you and it's like, it kept going after it and above and beyond. And I got the same message growing up is, you know, they can't take your education away. Student athlete means student first, athlete next. Exactly. And there was a period in history and time when schools got that kind of messed up a little bit. And now they're back on track again. And, and, 
And so it's important. Nobody can take our education from us. And another thing you bring up that I think is so important, hard work. Oh, yes. And and focus and ability to say, I'm going after this and I'm going to work hard to get it. It's not yeah. like Kel- it's not like Kelsey sat back on the couch eating bonbons, <laughs> wanting it all to show up, and then being all demoralized when it didn't show up when she did. Exactly. You exactly. Did, you worked really hard to get yeah. there, and and I like to point that out because I think sometimes people look at somebody like you who's accomplished so much and you do so much good for the world, yeah. and go, well, oh, that's easy, and I'm like, well. She had to work really hard for a very long time. Right. To get there. Yeah. And uh, so are you willing to put that kind of work in to get to your dream is usually That's what I say. That's the question. And, you know, again, I would just say, I think sometimes too, because we live in the social media world, right? People just see the glamour a lot of our jobs and not the hard work that goes behind it. You know, before I do a broadcast, not the eight hours of research that I was doing before going through game footage, you know, and interviews to get my notes together, right? They just might right. see me on the shot on the basketball court. Oh, she looks great. And she looks like she's having fun. But the only reason I'm there is because the hard work. And, you know, I always say like, you know, sometimes, you know, people always say, is it luck? And I say, luck might get you in the door, but hard work is going to be what keeps you there. And you being comfortable sitting, sitting there until you're ready to go and leave that opportunity. So that's why hard work is always a key and hard work will never steer you wrong from anything or any opportunity. It's just getting the right people to give you that chance. Right. I totally, I totally agree with that. And, and I hear people a lot. I work with a lot of athletes and musicians too. It's the same kind yeah. of thing. And I'm an athlete. And so it's like, oh, well, it's easy for you to go win. Well, <laughs> no, let, let's talk about what went into this. You know, right? That, that song won a Grammy, you know, they're so lucky. Well, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I would debate that. I would debate yeah. that. Um, there's a lot of work that goes into that kind oh, of Oh, yes. <laughs> so I have an interesting question because, um, and I bet it's happened to you and I would love to hear about it. Have, has, was there times when you were in high school or college or even now in your career now yeah. where people around you just don't get you? Like where you're walking around going, there are people who are missing it. They just don't get, they don't see me, oh, they yeah. don't get me. And if that's happened to you, what do you do? How do you handle that when people just don't get Kelsey? Like I get yeah. Kelsey, but what about the people uh, who don't? <laughs> yeah, that's such a good question. And, you know, I feel like, especially because I do multiple things, sometimes people don't understand that. They always try to place me into this box but I'm so much more, you know, I'm not just a sports and entertainment journalist. I'm also someone who has their own community action project. I'm a professor, you know, I wear these many different hats and lids. And I feel like sometimes that can be hard. You know, I think about all the people that sometimes don't get how I can just be naturally nice and bubbly. They're like, there has to be something wrong. No one's that nice and bubbly all the time, but not knowing I come from Southern roots. And like, I just generally believe like every day is a blessing for me to be here. And I do try to spread positive vibes and positive Mm -hmm. energy. But, you know, sometimes I think that can be misconstrued as like someone who's weak or someone that could be a pushover. And that's very far from the case for me. But again, I give everybody the benefit of the doubt and I do try to be positive um, and generate positive energy. And to be honest with you, Diane, I realize, you know, I'm someone, and this is a lesson I had to learn as I got older that used to live for others. And when I say that, I mean, I always was trying to impress other people. I was so worried what they thought. And I realized that I wasn't living for me, you know, and I kept doing what other people wanted me to do. And I was being what they wanted me to be, but then I truly didn't know who I was. 
And so I think when you get control of your life and you truly find out who you are, you'll realize that sometimes there aren't just going to be some people that don't understand you or don't get you. And of course, all you can do is let your work speak for itself, right? You know, everything I put out there, if you get a chance to know me, you'll get to know the real me. But unfortunately we live in a world where sometimes you're not going to get that opportunity. Like there's probably everybody has haters. There's somebody out there that just doesn't like you, Diane, or me for no reason. We did nothing to them, but just something about us irks them. And I feel like if you put your, all of your energy, you know, into people like that, you're not going to get stuff done. It's always putting your energy in the right place. I preach right now, protecting your peace. And that's something I'm very keen on and very big on. So of course, as much as you can, you know, you want to put a positive, you know, rep right. like reputation out. Like for me, you know, I'm glad that like, I feel like if anybody Googles me or looks me up, you're not going to find anything crazy, right? Because I work hard and, you know, I try to be this person because I understand the position I'm in. I understand I'm a role model to people. There's people that look up to me. I understand I'm on a higher platform, you know, to whom much is given, much is right. required. But at the same time, yes, there won't be people that get you. But for, like for me, my brand is K&N. If you don't understand that, come on the journey with me. And I tell people, come experience, you know, my journey with me. It's why I have a website you can go look at on my social media. And I try to show different sides of me through my social media and the work that I do. So people can see I do a lot in the community, which is near and dear to my heart. Because I said I was raised by a village of people, you know, especially as someone who spent a lot of time in after school programs and, and right, summer right. camps, you know, right. a lot of people poured into the makings of me. And if you get to, you know, know my story, if you listen to the interviews that I do, you get a really a chance to get to know me. And if you still don't know me from there, you know, if you don't reach out to me or just fill away, I can't control that. But what I can control is all that I do to put out who I truly am. And so that would be my message again. I mean, yes, you're going to listen to what other people say. There's good constructive criticism, but at the same time, you can't let others, especially negative opinions or negative thoughts or comments of you weigh you down. Because then again, that's just going to be baggage on you. When you have extra baggage, if you've ever been on a plane or something, you know, or an elevator, there's a weight limit. There's that for a reason. You don't want to be <laughs> held down by things. So you want to make sure you have just enough right of the right people in your space so you can continue to rise up. Yes. I love the weight limit idea. So <laughs> about how, how old were you roughly when you realized that it wasn't prop, it wasn't going to work for you to continue to focus on everybody else first. And you had to really come within and follow Kelsey's yeah. heart and soul. Right, right around how old were you when that change yeah. started coming happening? Great question. So I honestly, it was 18. It was when I was a freshman in college and realizing I was sitting in that psychology room because other people told me I should be there. Oh, you're smart. You know, you should do psychology. Psychologists make a lot of money. You could do pre-law with that. And I realized even though I had liked that, I didn't love that. Journalism is truly what I love. And so for me, I felt like I had found it out later. And, you know, people know my background, Diane. I had done pageants before and things like that. When you're in a pageant, and I love pageantry and I host a lot of pageantry contests now, but, you know, you have to be perfect. And I realized, you know, and I think even when I was 18, I realized that it's okay to, to be vulnerable and show the world like that we all make mistakes. For so long as a child, I thought I had had to be this perfect spitting image, you know, Kelsey, you know, the honor roll student, you know, Kelsey, that's won the awards, Kelsey, the, the Miss Teen Maryland, you know, and stuff like that. And again, you're putting this perfect perception out. And I was so afraid of failure, so afraid of stepping up. And when you have those limitations, um, you know, it's hard for you to try new things. I remember when I was in psychology class, I realized like, 
this is not where I want to be. So I was that freshman year of college. I went to talk to my advisor and we really just talked. And she's like, I hear you talking about psychology, but you keep talking about the journalism angle. And I was like, she was like, yeah. So she's like, no, let's work on this. Both of them were limited enrollment programs, which basically meant there's a certain amount of students that can be in those programs. They're hard to get into and also pain to get out of. But, you know, I found the requirements that I had to do. It meant I ended up doing an extra semester of college. So instead of being a May graduate, I was a December graduate, but my parents didn't mind. They just said, get out. All right, because my scholarship had ended and that last semester was going to be some money. Um, and so I took 26 credits that last semester. So that was a lot. Um, but, you know, I did it. But that was my thing. I think when I was 18, I just realized I think that's the good thing about going to college. You're really in your own space. I think that's a great kind of space for you to really find who you are, because, you know, when you're right. in your parents' house and I love my parents, but, you know, a lot of times you're doing so much for your family, you know, and your high school friends that you grew up with. And, you know, you're so tightly knit right. when you go right. to college and I didn't have my high school friends go with me to college college, it was me, Diane, on campus, Kelsey Nicole Nelson, and I had to find who I truly was. I'm thankful for that freshman year. And even my psychology professor, I thank you, but thank you for helping me find out that I didn't need to be in any more psychology classes <laughs> unless it was an elective and not for the main major. <laughs> right. I know. It's like, and and so that person who's kind of like an angel dropped in and helped you say, now nah, yeah. follow your heart. And and that's really great at 18 because yeah. so many people, I talk to people every day that kept pleasing others, pleasing their parents, pleasing what yeah. they thought the world should have them do and really missed a lot of beauty in their life. And then they wonder why they're depressed and upset. And I'm like, well, follow right. your own heart, do your own yeah. thing. So, so you're a living example of when, when, oh, you wake, thank you. when you wake up and get in alignment, great things happen. Yeah, completely agree. <laughs> so so on on this really fun road that you're creating, have you had any dark nights or any really difficult times where you're yeah. like, I don't know if I'm doing this. This is crazy. Like where, oh, yeah. you, where it was really, really hard. Will you talk about one of the examples of something yeah. that was really hard for you? Because I think sometimes people think, oh, that's easy. She's just doing this, da, 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 da. Oh, like, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> that's not how it works. It's not just a straight trajectory thing. If happen. only. Oh, my gosh. Yes, that's a great question. Because, you know, again, I think in life, you know, we're, we're planning for our lives to go like this, the straight line that we can easily plan out. And I found that out after college, you know, realizing that I had done all this work in, in school. I had done 16 internships. You know, I got really great recommendations and the job offers, Diane, just were not there. So it was like a wake up call to me that it doesn't matter if you did good in school. You know, it was so much more. And then that's what I learned the power of networking. I think a perfect example I can give you. So just now I recently signed on to be a national NBA reporter with Valley Sports National. So now I'm doing national work. But prior to the signing, I honestly had some self-doubt. And I'll tell you why. So I started a podcast called Listen In With Canaan. It was in my Fox Sports radio back in 2017. And essentially, I started this podcast because being in the D.C. area, I just didn't see or hear enough people that looked like me on air. And I was not getting opportunities at these big time stations, even though I thought I had all the qualifications. Mm -hmm. So lo and behold, I made my own lane, started a podcast. And this is where I had my own voice. And my podcast continued to just like evolve. And I had all these great connections from all the interns. I had done and groups I had been a part of. I had all these celebrity guests coming on and my name kept rising. But mind you, I've done this podcast now from 2017. Think about this year, it's 2022. And I just felt like I had a couple of sponsors, but no one big. And I just felt like I wasn't getting those opportunities that I needed to get. I was getting a lot of like regional, more local opportunities, but I right, felt like right. what I could do, I just wasn't getting it. So part of me was like, I work in education too. 
you know, I've done sports. I'm like, you know, is this a sign that maybe that like, you know, this is not going to go anywhere. And I have, I put deadlines on my goals. I'll be honest with you. And so I turned 30 this year. That's like a monumental year for me. And so I have had things that I want to do before I turned it. And one of those was becoming national. And I told myself, you know, if I don't get it this year, I truly might think about another career path, you know, cause I'm like, I could do other things and probably make more money doing them right. than just waiting for this national gig to come. But then lo and behold, you know, I'm so thankful that I had made some great connections covering the Super Bowl this year and that those turned and panned out. And the next thing I know, I'm getting an offer to do a national show. And so I share that though, because like when you keep walking in your purpose, and so even though my podcast, I wasn't getting to where I thought it should be, even though I thought I had, you know, I had the top guests, I had great graphics, people were listening and tuning in. We had started a live stream show during the pandemic. I still kept doing it and I still kept doing it to a high level. And I think my biggest thing there though, is that you never know who's listening and you never know who's watching. And so sometimes when you have those moments of self-doubt, you just need like that spark or that intuition. And so I had people that I would talk to and like, Kelsey, you've got this, but you know, you can't control the timing of things as much as we want to. Patience has been the hardest lesson for me to learn. Cause you know, you, and I like, I work for something and like, I want it, you know, like I want it because I'm, I'm a competitive person. I am like, you know, I felt like right. you do something right, it should right. come. Right. But that's not how life happens. That's not how, you know, you reach your goals and opportunities. Um, and so I think we all have that too. And I think it's not bad to, you know, doubt yourself sometimes it's human. I always say you should bet on yourself, but again, if you're human and being critical of yourself and know that you are going to be probably the hardest judge of yourself. And I'm definitely my hardest critiquer right. that is going to happen. But again, this is just this year I'm talking about that. I had this doubt, but lo and behold, again, just this month, you know, I signed on to do national uh, reporting sports work and it's been a whirlwind, you know, so well, far. Congratulations. And congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. So thank you for allowing me to share that example. And also know, again, this goes back to my lesson before I had to learn how to be vulnerable. Like before I didn't know it was okay to tell people all the no's that I've gotten. I've gotten over like 300 no's for jobs before, you know, I thought they made you look like imperfect, but not realizing that all those no's, Diane, led me to my eventual yes. And that no was not right now with you, but it was not a no, never. And I think sometimes when we hear that word, no, we think it means like it's never going to happen. And that's not true. Sometimes that's just steering you on the right path that you were actually meant to be on. And I think that's what my path, my winding crazy path in life, you know, has led me to obviously being here in this moment and now being able to connect with you. Right. And so, you know, also, too, because you are somebody who is ahead of the curve, that's what gifted and talented people are. Yeah. People will figure out that they made a mistake saying no to you in about two or three years. They're going to go, right. oh, <laughs> wait a minute. Whoa. You know, it's because you're two or three yeah. years ahead of your time. And I appreciate in, in that, that way. And the sports world and the culture of journalism and all of those things are... You know, yeah. It's a slow moving thing. It's a slow moving, like a freighter. It's not moving very right. fast and it doesn't change directions very fast. We, right. we, think, we think it should, and we would like it to, but it doesn't very much. And so unfortunately, here you have <laughs> a, a young, really beautiful woman who's educated, who's also an athlete, who has a skill set that is probably beyond most of the other people. They yeah. don't know what to do with that. It's like, yeah, the, it's the, the status quo group in the world. And right. It's true in your field. It's true in my field. It's true everywhere. The status quo, quo group looks at us wow. and goes, uh, I don't know what to do. 
Right. So they right. say they say no because they don't know what to do. And so mm-hmm. the discernment is their no is not a statement of your value. Their no Ooh, is a statement. I love that. Right. It's a statement about them. Right. right. Yes. Yeah. Right. And so that's what I'm hearing when I'm listening to. And I'm like, you're completely right. And what you said is so big with the value part. You have to realize that you create your own value, right? And don't tie your value to a job or anything else. Your value is what's within you and know like a job, you know, that's a stationary thing, especially now the way that people, especially the young uh, Gen Zers and millennials now, like, you know, they're not just sticking to a job because they're realizing that their value is so much more. And sometimes, you know, and I'm a person that has switched multiple jobs and I freelance, you know, and it's especially because you have to make sure that you know your value, but also that your company knows your value, right? And that's so important because you want to be in a place where you do feel valued and not that you're just a dispendable value that they can get rid of at any time. Right. And I think that's important. Like I always say, go where you're celebrated, not where you're tolerated. Yes. Cannot <laughs> say that any better, Diane. And it's so true. Like, <laughs> it's true. It, it's really true because, you know, I remember I was watching college football championship playoffs. Oh yeah. Because I'm a big sports person. I love football. I was raised on football being in Florida. And oh yeah. And I don't remember who any I don't even remember the game now. So I can't I can't quote it exactly. However, there were some people who were announcing a certain game. It was near the beginning. It was one of the lower playoff games. Okay. And I'm like who at I at first thought it was a commercial and then it took me a minute to realize they were going to be announcing the whole game. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, I can't watch the game. I couldn't do it because I kept stumbling all over them. So as you could tell that there Mm -hmm. was something, how they were chosen, maybe they didn't want to be there. I don't really know. All I remember is it was a very first time in my life where I'm like, what is happening? (laughs) What is this? And I still can't even answer the question. And wow. I'm like, well, wow, okay, well, it's okay. There's another game on. I watch the other game. I don't worry about it. <laughs> but I think it matters that we know our value when we step into our authority of what our value is. Completely I have agree. A hunch, I have a hunch that those people, the reason why I felt what I felt was they yeah. weren't, they didn't step into their own authority. Mm. It's, that mm. was my sense. I don't know. I could be yeah. totally wrong, but it, it kind of sounds like that. So if somebody's starting out and they want to get into journalism or especially sports journalism and they're a woman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. What would you suggest for them? That is a wonderful question because that's <laughs> a question I get all the time, especially sure you from do. young female journalists. And, you know, I think the biggest thing I always tell people, like, when I'm, especially when I'm asking, you know, what is one thing I wish I knew? It's to be your authentic self. You know, I think, you know, growing up, you know, I tried to mimic so many people that I looked up to or so many people that I thought was great. But people know when you're real and when you're being true to you. So I think for young female journalists, find your voice, find your voice, find your voice, find your voice. And when you find your voice and feel confident in that voice, you are going to be able to move forward. That'd be my biggest piece of advice. And it's hard to do. You know, I feel like when I say find your voice, people might be like, well, that sounds easy, but it's not. But, you know, when you find it and you own it and then you brand it, because now, especially you want to make sure you stand out from the crowd, brand that voice. So people know when they come to you, this is what they're getting. When people come to me, they know they're going to get somebody that's high energy, someone that's passionate about their job, someone that's a hard worker, but someone that's able to be witty and fun and bring like laughs, but also serious and able to talk about serious matters and issues. That's my brand. That's what K&N is. So I know that's what a lot of females have to do. And don't be afraid to use your voice. And I think especially in a lot of male dominated fields, sometimes, you know, we feel like we have to be more quiet or that we shouldn't be talking enough. 
go in a room and own that room, make it comfortable for you. Mm -hmm. Even if you are the only one, um, in that room. And I think, especially for females, you know, take those chances and opportunities on yourself. This is when I say bet on yourself, which basically just means to invest in yourself. Young female journalists, especially now invest in being a part of professional groups, go to their conferences. Usually they have a lot of student rates and especially during the pandemic, they gave a lot of free memberships, especially to student journalists and things like that. Take advantage of that. So you can go network and be with industry people, you know, learn from them, shadow them. And then I think my biggest thing, especially now for young female journalists is use the power of social media. Oh my gosh. I wish I had social media like this when I was much younger. There are so many ways for you to grow online, your online presence. And again, this goes back to branding and owning your voice. You know, when I was in school, we had like Zanga and MySpace and this was, none of this stuff was happening <laughs> on those platforms. All right. All of this stuff happened like once I was in college. And so I kind of got the learning curve um, of that, but now you can start so much younger, so much earlier all when you just have your phone. Like you literally just need your phone now, ladies, if you're not getting an opportunity to make your own platform. And I guess my last piece of advice would just be to be assertive and be aggressive in what you want. I'll never forget talking about music. I was in college and we have a radio station at Maryland, WMUC Radio. And, you know, I knew I wanted to get into sports broadcasting. Mm -hmm. So let me start in the radio. But we didn't have like, well, we had a sports state, like sports station. And I went in there and I don't know, just didn't get a good vibe from like the guys that were there. And so lo and behold, I connected with this DJ um, that had a music show um, called The Hip Hop Corner on WMC Radio and was actually the most popular show. So I'm thinking, oh, this is the most popular show. I need to be a part of it. And I like music, but he knew I like sports. So what happened is we ended up talking, having conversation. He said, what if I give you five minutes each show to do your own thing? Lo and behold, I branded, it was called Kelsey's Corner. And lo and behold, I'm giving five minute sports updates on Maryland sports and DMV area sports on our, you know, at our college radio station online. And then people are hearing me do that. So that was really great experience for me, but I had to create that opportunity and I had to push an idea out there that was accepted. So don't be afraid, you know, if it gets rejected, but a lot of times if you see something and just because it's not there, that doesn't mean that it can't exist. Go yes. ahead and go after that. Me and him just had a conversation, got to know each other. And next thing I know, I have my own segment on the top college radio show. Like that was a great experience for me. So sure. never be afraid again to just use that voice. God gave you that voice. Use that voice. And sometimes ladies, you might have to raise it a little, but whatever you need to do to get your point across. Right. And it, and I think it, it's a really good point that just because you don't yeah. see it doesn't mean it's not possible. And yeah. And <laughs> And a lot of people who are visionaries, like you're a visionary, yeah. uh, see things years in advance before the rest of the world kind of catches up. And so yeah. when we get a good idea or we see something or we set ourselves up for an opportunity, put yourself in position to receive it and exactly. then you have to be willing to do it because a guy oh, could have yeah. offered you the five minutes and you could have said, no, well, I don't know. I never did it before. And you could have right. <laughs> You got to be ready when that yeah. opportunity knocks, you know, it's like we ask for opportunity. But will you be ready, Diane, you know, when it comes? And, you know, honestly, I think back to my childhood. So even to this day, fun fact, I don't have my license, so I don't drive. And, you know, growing up, I never, my parents, I knew they couldn't get me a car. Um, but, you know, my parents always said, if you want to get somewhere, you know, like find a way there. And so this is when I learned the power of the bus system and the metro system, Diane, growing up in the DMV area. So if there is an opportunity that existed. I found a way to get there or I'd be able to call up my friends that had cars and say, hey, <laughs> I need a favor. You know, can yeah. you take me here? And oh, I use yeah. that example just because if you want to get somewhere, find different avenues and different ways to get there. And 
that's exactly what I learned, whether it was public transportation and transit that I was taking to get somewhere or, or phoning a friend and calling a friend to get me somewhere. But I, the main thing is I was going to get there somehow, right, right. you know, some way <laughs> I was going to end up at I that place you. that I needed to be. <laughs> I t- totally believe you. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So what do you do for fun? Ooh, what, what do, do you do like to fun? do for fun in, in Kelsey's fun life? So what I will be doing for fun after NBA playoffs, because those have taken over my life currently, but honestly, right. I love, so I'm like a movie buff. I love going out to watch new movies and I'm trying to catch up on new shows today. And on Netflix, I'm super behind. Everyone keeps telling me these new shows to watch. And I'm like, wait, I still haven't watched the ones you guys told me like three years ago, but also I like to be active. So you will see me if you're in my area in DC, it's not uncommon for me to go be playing a pickup game of basketball or being out on the sports field. Like I truly do like to be active. I also love going to concerts, live music, yes. one of my favorite, favorite passions. So if there's a good artist here, like I'm going to try to be <laughs> somewhere in some good seats, like listening. I love dancing. Uh, reading is one of my passions. I haven't got to do it for fun lately, unfortunately, because I've just been so crazy busy. I think my other time is just spending time with family. Like I love to laugh, have a good time. Lately, my friends and me have been going to more comedy shows, super fun. If you're a, com- a comedian out there, I'm the best person to have in your like seats <laughs> because I feel like I laugh at anything because I don't know, stuff is just funny to me. So definitely invite me there because you always have one person that will like laugh at your jokes for the entire It doesn't show. matter the joke, Elsie's laughing. <laughs> I'm probably going to be laughing because I'm like, oh, I get this. And I'm like, I'll make you feel good, so I promise. So that's literally why. And I'm traveling. I should say travel. I love, I love to go to new places, try new foods and explore. So that's something I'm trying to do more, especially as the pandemic is at least letting us get a little bit of grace yeah. and being a back bit to of travel. So right. yeah, there's a place I should go, you know, put it in the comments or something. I'll, I want to go there. Um, oh, that's that's cool. kind of what I like to do in the fun time. That's cool. So <laughs> what's your, is there, do you have a favorite sport that you love to cover? Oh, football for sure. Football. I grew up in a okay. football family first. That was my first love. <laughs> okay, good. I just wanted to make sure that I didn't know. I'm like, I figured it was football, but then I'm like, it's always basketball. And then, nah, nah, nah. See, you're from Florida. Remember I told you, I used to spend my summers in Mississippi. So down right. south, you know it, Diane. The football. Southeastern Conference, there is football no Football is love. Football is the first love for us. <laughs> I, I went to, um, my undergraduate was at the University of Florida with the Gators. And I took oh, yeah. a friend of mine to one of our games. And and I was at, it was after I'd graduated and yeah. um, she went to Rutgers. So she was from New Jersey and she went to Rutgers. Ah, okay, so we're cool. sitting there. Danny Warfel was our quarterback that year. And yeah, he and the, we were winning like a lot. And he, uh, <laughs> my friend goes, when we had the ball, our offense had the ball and the whole 110 or however many hundred thousand. Oh my gosh. Quiet, yeah. right? She goes, oh my God, you guys all pray together when the, when the <laughs> offense is on the line. Because yeah, when the defense is going, we're all wild. I said, that is so funny. I but said, that's no, the power of sports. That's you're, you in Flor- you're in Florida and it, 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 it's a different energy than in other. Oh places. yeah. You're in Gator country. You got to know where you are. Yeah. And I love that example though. You know, like you said, and funny stories, so Florida was one of the schools that I almost went to. They recruited me. They used to send me baskets of oranges to my house, but I'll tell you the only thing that made me say no to Florida is because they told me the freshman rooms do not have AC. And I was thinking like Florida in the summertime, <laughs> no air conditioning. I looked at my parents. I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> That, so I, Florida, I hope you put AC in the freshman dorms now. <laughs> yes, you should have, because look at the great person that you missed. Um, see? But it made it made out well. Got to become a Terp. Still have love for Florida, though. <laughs> it's okay. See, it's all it's all good because it's really fun. 
Uh, so what is your f- most memorable food you've ever eaten in all of your travels? Ooh, mo- oh my gosh. Memorable. Yeah. Most memorable food that I've eaten. Oh my gosh. So I just had this caviar, but it had like, um, oh, it was something on top of it. Cause at first, you know, when you hear caviar, you just think like, when you hear about what it is, you're just kind of like, oh, like, I don't want to, oh my gosh. But it was, oh, I wish day and I could remember like what was on top of it, but it was some of the best tasting. But I guess since I can't remember that, oh my gosh, this is such a good question. I'm such a foodie and I'm trying to think <laughs> maybe in New Orleans, actually, maybe in New Orleans, when I tried gator, that was different. Never thought I would eat a gator that I like, I'm afraid of, right. <laughs> but I had gator meat and it was just, I don't know, I feel like stuff like that, like stuff that you never think you'll try. So I think gator might be an answer. Mm-hmm. The caviar that I can't remember what was on top of it. And maybe the other one that my friend got me to try was grilled octopus, something else, Dan, that I never thought that I would eat. Cause octopus is even on TV. Like they scare me with all their different like that arms and legs, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but somehow that grilled octopus was pretty good. So what? yeah, I love that. Even though I know my little sister, if she watches this, that's a vegetarian and vegan. It's like, mm, mm, mm. but it was very delicious and tasty. <laughs> oh, that's, that's hysterical. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So um, I have an, one more question, one final question for you. Of but course. before I ask you the final question, was there anything on your heart that you wanted to share with people? Of course, in the show notes, your full bio will be there with all okay. your social media tags. So everybody can can comment and find yeah. you. I've, awesome. I've already followed. I've already followed you on all of. Oh yeah, so I'll have to follow when, you back. Yeah, new when friends. When the show <laughs> when the show comes out, um, everybody will know. We'll be connected, and which will be really fun. And so, is yeah. there anything that was on your heart that you wanted to share to people to help inspire them that maybe I didn't ask about? Yeah, you know, I think probably just a lesson that I learned this week. And so I'd say like, let's just remember to have compassion for people and to not rip people down when they mess up. And the example I'm giving, so this week in the DC area, it's been a really hard week if people haven't heard yet, but we had the passing of Dwayne Haskins, former Washington football team quarterback, uh, former Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback. And he's someone that I actually had a chance to get to know since high school. And there was a reporter that broke the news, you know, and the way that he broke it, people didn't like, but the way as a society, we're so quick to to rip people down. I wish we'd also take that time to build people back up. And that's to say, I think we all make mistakes in life, but you know, try to sometimes make a learning moment out of things before quickly attacking people. Mental health is huge right now. So you ripping somebody down, you truly never know what that will do to them, you know, and it's unfortunate. You never want to say, man, I have to take that back because you see something happens. I think that's honestly the message that's kind of been on my heart this week. I did a social media like video about this, but let's just remember to have some compassion, respect and dignity just for our, for mankind and for human beings. Um, even if you don't know somebody well, you never know what that person is going through. You never know that storm. That's why I go back to my thing. I try to smile every day at people um, and just smile in general because I want to just bring positive energy mm-hmm. and positive light because you never know what someone is going through. So just remember that again, we're all on the human team together. Right. And so again, right. we just have that compassion and love for one another. I know these are difficult times with so much going on in the world, uh, but it would go a long way just to again, have that support. So that's kind of what's been on my heart, um, Diane. And I, I thank you for giving me the space to um, share that message. Yeah. And I, that is such an important message. It's like, <laughs> we're all on this, you know, we're all like human. And so, yeah. and, and one of the things that I see all the time is the there's a veil around people of quote fame and, and people don't know who the real people are and, and they make judgments about things and they don't know what they're talking about. And, um, a lot of the people I work with have that veil around them and they're not what those people are saying. They're actually, they're actually really cool and need amazing. Yeah. Get to know them. And, 
And so you have to, if you're going to invest in making a comment about another human being, invest in yeah. knowing them. Yes, get invest, to know who they truly are. And invest in comments to support and encourage and move yes. toward, toward a higher consciousness. I love that, Diane, yes. Because there's just so much nastiness, especially online. And I get it because you're, a lot of people are hiding behind a keyboard and it's a lot easier to say things when people don't know who you are. But that's why, like sometimes you look at the comment section of things and they're just like, just nasty. Right. Um, and I just sometimes just like wish like, you know, just say things like, you know, say things that you would want said back to you. Um, and, yes. you know, I just feel like as a, as a whole, we could just be so much more positive. And I think this is going to help our next generation. Because again, I think we live sometimes in this nasty, world and this cancel culture world and you know it's just so easily quick to dismiss people and to easily judge people instead of just getting a chance to get to know them again i go into everything giving people an opportunity and a chance now if they mess up that chance or opportunity diane that's on them but i'm going to at least give you that space right. and that right and from there hopefully right. we'll continue to grow together exactly i love that i love that and, and i'm so <laughs> i'm so glad you said that so here's the final question for you it's my favorite question um, i'm ready <laughs> many many people who listen to the show wait eagerly for me to ask this Ooh. question um and that question is this and we're going to put a billboard up that the entire world is going to see yeah. with kelsey nicole nelson's quote what is that Ooh. quote on the billboard from you so, the world. that's ooh. so i've actually always wanted a billboard so now i hope you you're go. speaking this into existence i hope we're manifesting this we had on the show one day i'm going to be driving but oh my god like stop the car sorry for the traffic behind me um but i think what it would say for me and i'm actually going to steal my high school quote but it's what we do in life echoes in eternity and i say that to say i'm very big on legacy and what i leave like what i leave um you know i can't take any of my journalism work with me you know when i go from this world but the biggest thing I can do is how I make people feel. This is why I work with so many community groups uh, like Fight for Children, Special Olympics, like that feeling that you get when you volunteer with groups, when you mentor people, I want people to be able to pass that on. And so that's why my billboard would say, Kelsey Nicole Nelson would be my favorite quote. And I'm a person I love quotes. What we do in life echoes in eternity. Hopefully this as a, you know, symbol of of people remembering that again, mm -hmm. it's a legacy that we're trying to leave behind and make, truly making sure that we leave this world a better place for the person behind us. And that's what I want people to remember me as not a journalist, you know, not this like education philanthropist, but just someone that wanted to make the world better for each human being and someone that wanted her legacy to be just that, not about the other accolades, but who she truly was as a person right. and not everything else. Those are oh. parts of me, but that, that is not mean who I am. I am so much more than that. Your essence is much greater. Like all of our essence is much greater. <laughs> exactly. Than the things, than the exactly. Things. Jobs and things, you know, those are, those are nice, you know, little pins that we have on our, along our journey. But, you know, at the end of the day, you can switch those pins, you can switch jobs, but you're still who you are. And you're still going to be bringing mm. the best of you to wherever you are. I'm very big in bringing my authentic self to everything that I do, no matter what I do. And that's funny about life too. It'll lead you on journeys. You know, never thought I'd be a professor, but Lo and behold, I'm an instructor. So, you know, it, it brings you to places and spaces, you know, that you'll sometimes never think that you'll be in, but just make sure you're prepared for those moments. And my biggest thing is to lift as you climb, always lift as you climb, because that's how you make a community stronger. That's true. Lift as you climb. I love that one too. I think we're going to do two billboards for you. Oh, oh I'm, I'm, I'm thankful. Uh, yeah, I know. Right. And friends, you have been listening to Kelsey Nicole Nelson. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm like, 
totally jazzed and have goosebumps everywhere. <laughs> and we have barely scratched the surface of how <laughs> she has been crafting her own lane and creating Thank opportunity you. for herself and saying yes along the way. So check her bio out and follow her on social media. And um, I think we should probably do another interview at some point because I would, be honored. Really, I would really love to talk to you about what you're doing with the illiteracy programs and the community oh, yes. programs you're doing and the programs for women that you're doing yeah. and that whole part of your life. And I think it deserves its own show because. Oh, thank you. Very that meaningful. means so, so much. And you know, that's, that's what keeps me up at night. Like that's why I'm a person that like, I just, that's what I'm passionate about. Diana truly is, you know, yes. and I'm, yes. I'm thankful. And so I just want to put this last note out there. You know, education is very near and dear to my heart because too many of our babies are being passed through the education system and not even being able to graduate with the tools and resources that they need to be able to lead successful lives here. And so right. we just need to make sure that all of our kids are able to graduate successfully reading and writing and being able yes. to do basic math. So that's why that's a passion yeah. that's near and dear to me. Literacy is important on all levels. And, and when, oh, yes. So we will probably, if you're open to it, do a show. Just oh, of course, it. Diane. Sense, I think it's We're so locked important. for life now, Diane. I know. I know, this is it. Uh-huh. I know. This is great. And so I want to thank you for being on the show with thank me. Thank you so much and, for having me. And friends, follow Kelsey and see all the cool things she's doing. And when you see her on whatever show she is um, reporting on, you can smile and say you heard her here and support her and support other Please. people who are doing good jobs. And so I want to thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much again for having me. Thank you to your listeners for tuning in. And thank you also for being a fabulous event host. So I thank you so much. <laughs> oh, you're so welcome. So remember everybody to put your face to the sun. So the shadows fall behind you because you're a rock star. You're on that. purpose with a purpose. So go out there and let your light shine and be the magnificent person that you're meant to be. Stand in your authentic authority. Until the next yeah. episode of Someone Gets Me, my friends, be well. Thank you for listening. I trust you gained some valuable inspiration and information. Please join me and other visionaries in the Someone Gets Me Facebook group. Or for more information on my services and additional episodes, visit someonegetsme.com. Again, thanks for listening.